Hello and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast. My name's Harry and as usual I'm joined by Bobby here and today we're also joined by Jason from the Rams Review podcast as we're going to be discussing Derby County and their their complicated and chaotic situation at the moment. Um, thanks for joining us Jason, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. Thanks for having us on, lads. I, I, you know, could have been worse after the first weekend, couldn't it? Yeah, uh, that's it. I got a good draw there for you um, against Huddersfield. Obviously, as a Forest fan, I wasn't hoping that you'd do so well on the first day and uh, get the points. We didn't do as well. We'll move. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Bob, we'll start start with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So obviously, as we know, Derby are a bit of a uh, financial crisis at the minute so obviously as this currently sit under a transfer embargo how do you think like the guys over at Derby will do this season with like all the restrictions in place and stuff like that well yeah um if if all the restrictions stay in place Derby don't add any more to the squad there's still mm-hmm. a lot of uncertainty on if, if that's going to happen but I'll go with I'll go with what we've got at the minute um before a ball was kicked on Saturday I was less enthusiastic after seeing the performance that we put in on Saturday. Whilst it wasn't fantastic, it it was limited. There will be limitations. I think it's not quite as bad as first feared. However, what I would say is beyond the 11, it did look, well, I think every single substitute was under 18. So that (laughs) kind of tells you it's going to, there's going to be a lot riding on luck this season, I think, for Derby. And if they can keep injuries, you know, away, then then great. If they can add to the squad, even better. If they can't, if they're going to go with what they've got, they're certainly going to need some luck with injuries along the way. You know, and of course, again, it's going to be a very, very similar eleven week in, week out, which is going to take its toll on on various individuals. I would have thought, as I say, injuries always crop up players running and out of form uh, that's why they're in the championship it's it's not great Let, let's be you know we're not going to beat around the bush with this it's not I'm, I'm not full of optimism for the season but they 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 did it last year on the last day of course the squad you could you've got to arguably say is, is in a worse position as we stand right now yeah but you know at least we managed to get a couple of centre-backs in so at least we can actually field a an 11. That's, yeah. I think that was the thing after Saturday. It was, well, actually, yeah, we can field an 11. Okay, it was only against Uddersfield. No disrespects to Uddersfield, but, um, you know, difficult to say where they're going to be this season. Probably lower lower end of the league, you would have thought. So it was a decent benchmark. It was, it was, it was a decent benchmark. There's obviously a couple of games coming up for Derby. Our next two, actually. We've got Peterborough away and Hull away. So two promoted sides. You would argue that, that, you know, they're the ones that Derby probably going to be fighting at that end of the table. It's not a bad early marker to to see where Derby are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the, the key things as well, obviously, with there's the embargo on you, but then also to do with the accounts having to be resubmitted because of the the fiddling of how it was all put by the, by the board. And I think the worrying thing for you guys will be if, the accounts go back and there's something wrong, you might end up with a points deduction as well in there. Um, do you think that it's going to be basically just a, a struggling battle this season of, as you, I mean, as you said there, you're going to have to take all the luck you can, but it's going to be really, really difficult, isn't it? Yeah, uh, no question about it. 
yeah, the accounts thing, um, the 18th of August, we've got till, I believe. Um, so we're only, what, nine nine days away from that. They they have to be submitted by that point. In terms of then, obviously, the turnaround of the EFL approving them or, you know, coming up with some form of sanction, the last, well, I mean, we're still rolling on with the EFL, but the kind of like the first uh, distribute charge that Derby came up against, it took nearly 18 months. So, so who who knows what... Uh, what the state of play will be. I think the EFL are nailed on to try and nail Derby with something. They've Obviously, they've managed to get this with an appeal. I would have thought that from the EFL's perspective, they will move as quickly as they can mm-hmm. when they see the state of the books. My point from that would be, if Derby thought they were home and hosed with them, why haven't they already put them in? Why are they what seems like they're dragging their heels right till the 18th? Are they doing that just to, you know, two fingers up to the EFL and go, well, we'll do it on our own time? I don't know. Maybe there's probably there's been mind games between Derby County and the EFL for the last three years. So who knows if that's the reason? We on our podcast, we had Kieran Maguire, the financial expert, who's obviously had a lot of involvement with Derby, covering Derby over the last two or three years. And he said that even with the resubmission of accounts, everything that he believed and with what he'd spoken to, Derby would probably just squeak under. Um, yeah. You know, that we obviously we, nobody knows. These figures aren't readily available, so it's difficult to say. But, you know, he took a, a somebody who's obviously got great financial experience and, and knows what he's talking about when it comes to FFP and things like that, then he thinks Derby, they're, they're close to the wind. If not, they'll squeak under. If they squeak under them, fine. My guess would be if the EFL knew that they were going to squeak under, I'd, I'd be surprised why they'd go through the whole, you know, the whole process of appealing and, and going through it, which is obviously costing multiple clubs uh, yeah. money. So I, I'm, I'm, I can't get my head around that one. I don't think many Derby fans can get their head around that one. Why are they persisting with trying to catch Derby out if there's nothing to be caught out with? So yeah. that's obviously, that's a worry, uh, a, a huge worry. Um, and I suppose it is, in some respects, it is difficult to look beyond the 18th. And and I'm sure after the 18th, hopefully something will be said sooner rather than later. They don't want this charge or this uncertainty in what's already going to be a very uncertain season for Derby hanging over the reds, you know, you don't want that Derby do okay, get to Christmas time, you know, mid to low table, few points on the board, then all of a sudden they're slapped with a, with a 12 point penalty or whatever. It's, it's going to be an absolute kick in the teeth. Um, again, from everything that we've spoken with, it's one of those where there's not too many clubs that the AFL have actually punished with this. And each club that they have punished with have been varying in um, in severity because they've been quite variable in actually the the breaches of of FFP. So I mean I think there's I think it's four lots of accounts, four years worth of accounts. Um, and of course the thing is if, if if Derby fail on the first one now, their argument will be well you can't then punish us for the next three, otherwise we wouldn't have spent like that in the first one, if you get my meaning, all these accounts were signed off by the AFL originally. So I, I struggle to see where they've got a leg to stand on, but I'm no financial expert. So I I honestly don't know. Um, I think some obviously are fearing the worst that Derby are going to get slapped with points deduction, points deduction for each season. I don't think they can do that. I mean, they can try, but I think Derby will certainly appeal that to the Hill um, because 
normally spending is is set with you know how your accounts are looking. On the flip side to that is if Derby haven't produced accounts for four years, how did they know how much they could and couldn't spend? Yeah, you would presume that there'd be a ballpark. You know, our our, um, our chief executive and financial uh, directors, you know, he's, he's pretty clued up in this kind of thing. Uh, you'd have to think they would have had a, a rough estimation of what it's going to be. Um, but, you know, again, it's difficult to say at the minute until the actual facts and figures come out where it's all a guess. Some side of the fan base has, has got on the half cup empty. Some have got on the half glass full. You know, it's it's the way that it is. And I suppose until it comes out in the wash, then, you know, nobody's going to be any clearer exactly um, how, bad it, how bad it could get for Derby this season. Yeah, I think one of the the... The really interesting stories that came out over the summer, obviously, when when all the rumours come out of over the summer, was that with this financial mess, there was rumours that Wickham were going to be um, just trying to sue or something to get them back into the championship. Obviously, they went down and, and you guys survived. Um, I don't think there was any way they could probably have played that anyway. I think they, they, were, they weren't good enough to stay up anyway, so... Really, I don't think that argument would have stood. But with difficult times, obviously, at Forest, we had um, Fawaz, who was an idiot in charge. Um, and we nearly went under at one point, and that was horrible. Um, and obviously, you've got Mel Morris in charge, who can be a bit of a controversial figure with some of the things he comes out and says. Obviously, he was contradicting Rooney the other day about signings, which kind of makes you think about... Um, the type of relationship that Rooney and the board actually have. Um, what are your feelings towards him as a as a like a head at your club and and just yeah, what are your thoughts on how he's running it all? It, it's very it's it's very difficult to make a an opinion and an assumption of of way things are going when it's not your own money. And I think most Derby fans that I've certainly spoke to, obviously who we come across doing our podcast you will hear the majority of them now turning around and saying, okay, thanks for what you've done, but get out. And, and that, is, that is the general consensus. Again, if, I were, if it was my millions in there, I'd be, I'd be, I think it would come across a little differently. I think something that came out, they, they did a fans forum. I don't know if you know about this. They did not a fans forum. That. It was yeah, an, an invited fans thing, which a very select few uh, were allowed to attend and, and basically were told you're not allowed to talk about too much what was discussed. So I can only go on what's kind of been reported. And we know that Mel's been trying to sell the club for the best part of two and a half years. He said he wanted to leave, but even with, obviously, as we well know, and I'm sure we'll touch on it later, two at least that we know of in the, in the public domain, two failed takeover attempts by people I am very glad didn't get anywhere near this club. Um he, he's, he has continued to bankroll it. Okay, it might not be the 15, 20 million that Derby have spent in previous transfer windows. But at the end of the day, Derby's wage budget, probably until last season, I think we cleared out quite a bit, up till last season, must have been a hefty wage bill. In COVID football, no income coming in. There was only really one person that, you know, that funded that. Um, I know we did take out loans, but still, you know, he's, it's on his head. So it's, it's, he owns the club. It's his debt at the end of the day, at this moment in time. It's funny, we, um, in fact, we just released today a podcast and we've actually had, uh, we got the Peterborough chairman on. And he's a, if you ever come across him, he's a very interesting character. 
and it, 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 I didn't do the interview. It was um, it was with Corey because the guys over in the states, and he he just shot straight for an hour talking about how difficult it is to you know to to run a football club, it being your own money. Fans calling for for one, you basically the the fans will call you for whatever decision you make, and it, yeah. it's really difficult. But he he was obviously we touched on this thing with Mel, and he said, well, you know, I don't really know the guy, but. If it was me in that position, I'd want some slack cut for everything that he's done at Derby. And I think that's the thing. I think you have to take it in a whole as a whole. He has done quite a lot for 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 the city of Derby. He's done quite a lot for for the club. Ultimately, his main objective was to get Derby in the Premier League, which he failed. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we we came very very close on more than one occasion. But his his actual remit is that he wanted to get Derby into the into the Premier League and you know beyond and that ultimately failed one of the reasons why he realizes now it's, it's probably too much it's going to take too much resources that he's willing to put in for him, yeah. for him to you know to go again because Derby have been stripped back to where they probably were five ten years ago so actually it, the club's probably in a worse position than it actually was when he when he took over um I've got I've got a lot of respect for him for what he did he's a Derby fan I think everybody wants the club to be run by by somebody who cares about the club, uh, Derby have had it in the past where they've had people who who aren't interested in running the club as as a, as a forest, and whilst things are, are rosy in the garden, fans will get on board with it. But as, as soon as that changes, obviously it becomes even, probably even more toxic. Actually, probably get less leeway. Um, but patience is running out with Mel. I don't necessarily think it's fully deservant of of, of it all. But at the end of the day, the things that are going on in current times at Derby County are down to his leadership. Now, he, he will fully admit that he's made massive mistakes in, in the past. Probably it still makes them now. He's always tried his hardest to put them right. Sometimes you can't always do that. Football's one of those one of those difficult games. I mean, you know, look at last season. I hate to think where, where Derby would be right now if, if they had got relegated. I mean, that would have been it would have been even worse. We think it's bad at the minute. I think it would have been even worse. So I've got a lot of time. I've got a lot of time for the man. I, th I think he, he's tried his hardest. He's, he's just ultimately, he's just not managed to achieve what he wanted, um, which, I mean, he, he's tried. He, he's tried a few different ways as well. And unfortunately, none of them uh, have seemed to have got to that end, end goal of becoming sustainable in the Premier League. I mean, if, if we'd have gone up that first season, he kind of took over was the, the QPR final. He, 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 he did have a stake in the club at that point. I, I don't know how much it was. I think, I don't think he was, he was, he was a minority shareholder, but he, he took full control of the club straight after that. And of course he was thinking we, we were 30 seconds away from being in the Premier League. Technically. Yeah. All I'm going to need to do is throw a couple of million at this next season and, and Derby a, a sure fire to get promoted. Yeah. He thought that, the whole club thought that, the whole fan base thought that, most of the league thought that. I mean, we were top with 12 games to go and then, you know, the back end just fell out of it. And it, it's felt very, very much so since that point. They've, he's, it's always been, he's been fighting fires. It, it's just how it, it feels. Okay, the football on the pitch stayed decent for, for, th for another three or four years. Yeah. But ultimately, I think behind the scenes, there was, I think he, he threw that money on it, money at it, fully expecting to get Derby promoted. It didn't work. And then as soon as you do that, you know, year one, you start throwing those 25, 30,000 a week contracts out 
for one season in the championship when you've got the windfalls of the Premier League, mm-hmm. you, you could balance that. But then when these players were signing three, four-year contracts and they're still at the club three years down the line and we're still in the championship, again, comes full circle to why the accounts now for the last four years are, are probably very, very iffy at best. Yeah. He, he put all his eggs in one basket and it failed, basically. Um, but he did a lot. It's not just on the pitch. Things he did off the pitch with the academy, things like that. I mean, Derby's, I think it's the eighth best academy in Europe, or, you know, things like that. We, we do get a, a decent return from it. It's probably not as good as it we'd like it to be, but, you know, it, it does okay. Um, most of the, you know, there's quite a few in there at the minute, so we, we can't argue too much. So all in all, he's done quite a bit, but there was a refresh needed at Derby and, it started with the players. It then worked up towards the manager and, and eventually, you know, how much, if he wanted to leave two and a half years ago, how much heart and soul is he actually putting into it now? That, that's that been the question that we've said. He is a Derby fan, so you would think he would always, he would always do it, but there has got to be, in any walk of life, if, if you want out of something for two and a half years, I don't think you're putting 100% in. I don't think your focus is fully there. And, and I think you can, you can feel that he's gone completely off the radar with talking to fans. He's gone. Come. He he was on Radio Derby every every three months. You know, saying how good things were. We haven't heard. I know he's had his he's had some fight uh, some health issues, but he for somebody who was so vocal and was so in the media and was so out there as a, as a, for fans to reach, basically has been in been under a rock for the last two years, and you can't really get two words out of him. Uh, not that's not just me as a as a podcaster, but you know the mainstream media struggled to get hold of him. Uh, or, or get a word out of him, then, you know, it's time for him to go. And it, I wish it would have been under better circumstances. I, I wish he'd have been able to leave on a, on a higher note. Unfortunately, I think he's soured a, a few a few relationships on the way. And I think most Derby fans are happy to see the back of him. Yeah. And obviously um, with the embargo and you, you touched on the, there was a large clear out of players at the, from the end of last season. For those that aren't aware, Derby's current embargo, they're only allowed to sign, sign I think it's five players um, mm. at the moment, and you're only allowed them on a 12-month contract if it's permanent or a six-month loan. So not a lot of space to manoeuvre, really. Um, you did bring in, uh, as the goalkeeper, Ryan Allsop. So you've got three keepers now. And then the two defenders, Curtis Davis and Richard Stearman, as well as former United midfielder Ravel Morrison. So some, some good reinforcements there. You needed the two centre-backs because you had none in the squad. Um, yep. But your squad's now up to, I think, 17 players uh, I looked earlier. How happy are you with those that have been brought in? And how do you think you'll manage, obviously, with injuries and bans? Obviously, Jason Knight got injured in training by Rooney, um, <laughs> which was just one of those things you couldn't write. But um, yeah, how happy you happy are you with those? And yeah, it's a bit of an iffy one. No, I know, no, I know where you're coming from, Harry. Well, I'm I'm quite happy because this time last week it didn't. From what everything that was coming out of the club, it didn't look like we was going to bring anybody in. And of course, just before the the game against Huddersfield, we had a pre-season just across, just across the road from you at Notts County, and that was a, a tip towards the, the start in eleven. We had two under well, we had an under eighteen and a left back playing at centre off. So. Uh, things have progressed. Mm. Um, obviously, Curtis Davis, he's been at the club, I think it's five, six years now. Yeah. I actually didn't realise, they interviewed him after the game on Saturday, and I didn't realise he'd actually been at Derby for, for that long. Um, yeah. It doesn't feel that long, but you know you, you know what you're getting with Curtis Davis. Um, 
he was all. I think he's also some um, some part. He's going to be some part of the coaching role, you know, in, involved in that because he's doing his badges and stuff like that. He wanted to stay. Um, you know, you say about the the embargo. Yeah, and we can only sign players on four and a half grand a week. Well, how many players are going to want to come and play in the championship for a team that looks? I hate to say the word set on dead set for relegation, but let's face it, I, I can't. I can't argue with that. Derby one of the favourites to go down. Who's yeah. who's gonna who's gonna want to come with, with with all that for that kind of money? You know, we had Sonia Luco on on uh, on trial, and he's gone to Ipswich in League One because they can offer him more money. It's 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 one of those. Um, they're doing with the hands tied behind the back. They're doing the business that they need to do. They they yeah. did need. If if I looked at. Derby in a perfect world, what did they need from last season going forward? They needed new centre-offs. Curtis Davis didn't play a great deal of last year. He was out with, I think he did his ACL um, in about October. So he missed the, the majority of the season. So he is almost like a like a new signing. Um, we'd have had to have bring it at least one other centre-off. Anyway, we got Richard Stearman. Is Richard Stearman the name that we all wanted? Probably not. Is he a championship journeyman? Possibly is he a steady Eddie? Yeah, the, these signings are for twelve months. So if fine if financial things change, obviously still wanting a takeover to happen, it means that you're not having to shift players out on three year contracts next season and, and things like that. So I can understand why they've done it. What else was it about? That's that was that was the thing for me. Obviously, we had Jagielka uh, on trial. Everything that's coming out of the club is still that they want him to, to come. Um, they from I, I I think as of last week, or certainly it might be today, the the remaining trialists who we had on are no longer training with us. I think is so. It's it's all about whatever boxes we can tick with the EFL. Because um, I know that there's one big one. Um, the submission of the accounts lifts the embargo, for instance, there is another one in there that I think kind of changes the ballpark a little bit where instead of only four and a half thousand a week, we can actually offer them 11. You would think Jagielka, would he really come to Derby for a swan yeah. song for four and a half thousand? Probably yeah. not. Probably not. I'm not saying that he's money grabbing, but you know, that, that this is just football. So it'd be interesting to see. They would, for me, need another reinforcement at center off. Um, they need another striker. We had Sam Baldock on trial, didn't particularly pull up any trees in, in any preseason. He, he played in every preseason game, didn't really pull up any trees, but he'd be a body through the door. Um, Ravel Morrison's the interesting one. We, we were in a very similar situation 18 months ago when we signed Colin Kazim Richards and everybody went, what? Why? And, and then look, He's arguably, had, yeah, arguably had the, had the best, best season of his career. And arguably was Dobby's best player of the season, or one of, at least he'd be in the conversation. So Ravel Morrison does feel a very, very similar, uh, similar thing. Can can Darby look out twice and, and get a player? Because I think if you can get him firing, then he's he's a he's a gonna be a really good player. Um, you would hope. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how that one how that one rides out. Um, yeah. but we were desperate for for that at an attacking force. We were second lowest goal scorers last season. Tells you, tells you everything that you need to know. We conceded, I think third highest amount 
So you need you need to look at your back line and you've got to start putting balls in the back of the net. They they were the two the two main main things. So I think embargo and transfer uh, trouble and whatever aside, they were the areas of the pitch that Derby needed to strengthen. Have they managed to bring in probably the caliber of player that they wanted? No, but it, it's it's a stopgap. And as I say, it, it's certainly better than five or six of the under 18s play and who no disrespect to them. They'll probably come on in the next 18 months to two years and, and, and be first team regulars. I can't say that they won't be, but trying to throw six or seven kids in all at once in a, in a, you know, in a league that as, as demanded as the championship is and then expect to keep Derby up. He's asking, you know, it's a bit unfair really. It's asking, it's asking too much. So I think the business is for what we're working in. I don't think you can be too, too disheartened. There are bodies coming through the door. That didn't look likely um, a couple of weeks ago. It'll just be interesting to see what more, you know, if we can move the goalposts a little bit more and have that little bit more flexibility. The loan market could be massive for Derby. You'll know yourselves. You only need to find one or two loan players. Derby found one or two loan players, uh, you know, three years ago and, and got, got to the playoff final. Am I expecting Derby to bring in that calibre of loan? No. But you, two of those players that Derby got on loan were were an unknown quantity, and they turned out to be, you know, playing for England twelve months later. So it, you never know what kind of a gamble that kind of thing takes. Mm. But again, with the loan thing, I don't think many Premier League clubs are going to want their youngsters to come for only six months. So that that little bit needs to change where we can sign, you know, full season loans. And I think if that's the case, obviously you can have up to is it five in a in a in a squad or six in a squad. You can pick four, you can pick out five, add that to the to the 17. You know, you're already at 22, bring one more in 23. So you've got a squad that then looks a little bit better on paper, looks a little bit stronger, gives Derby a better chance of surviving this season. But I still think it, it is it is a survival. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, with all of this like going on, all the facts as we've been talking about. In your like, in your honest opinion, do you think that the EFL have it out a little bit for Derby, or do you think like the punishment and all this is you know sort of fair and was you know coming to you eventually? Or do you, I mean, what do you think? What do you think? How is it? <sighs> it's my honest opinion, bit of both. Yeah, I think Derby have done some wrong things. I, I, I they might if they're if they if they're listening to this, they might argue that point. <laughs> Anything that they've done, is it really illegal? Not so sure. Have they tried to pull the wool over people's eyes? Almost definitely. Yeah. They found loopholes. I mean, who, hey, you know, some would look at it, well, you were smart enough to find those loopholes. <laughs> the thing is that that's, that's all well and good. But if you are having to do that, I think the infrastructure is wrong to start off with. Yeah. If you're if you're having to do things to manipulate financial fair play, you're clearly not on a great, on a sound footing anyway. To be to be doing it for so you know for so many years, I've heard the odd. You've gone against the rules, but realistically, should those rules even be there in the first place? Because for a club to run, surely they shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, it comes to something when I know that, that obviously the big one and what the the main trouble is with Derby, and certainly what the appeal's all about is the amortisation policy. And when ninety one out of ninety two FAL clubs do it one way and Derby do it another, you're going to start smelling a rat. There's a reason. There's a reason why only one club's doing it like that. Again, that's not to say that we didn't find a loophole and go, yeah, we can do that. And 
the big bugbear about all of this has been that the EFL signed these accounts off. And now they're starting to go, well, just hang, hang on a minute there. And that's where I think it is a little bit of a beat up from the EFL. I think that now, to, to, to use language, Derby have pissed off the EFL and the EFL now are trying to, they're trying to, they're just trying to get their own back on them. Yeah. And at the end of the day, in, in that in that sense, there is only going to be one winner, and that will be the EFL. In my in my honest opinion, I, I don't know how, how it can't be. It's but I think they're being a bit petty with some with some of it. They're certainly trying to make an example. I would fully expect that once all this is out of the wash, that I mean, it's like what was it a couple of weeks ago? Not only Derby that have done it, uh, Sheffield Wednesday have done it, a couple of other clubs have done it, where they've refund where they've refinanced the stadium. That's that's now. You can't do that. Yeah, that's not towards FFP. Yeah. So this next one, where Derby found this little loophole, if they get found guilty or not guilty or whatever it may well be, there will be a law that comes out that says, right, amortization. This is the way that you have to do it. And for anybody that doesn't understand any anything about that, because obviously I've read about this a lot, that the AFL say that there's a depreciation on players year on year. Mm-hmm. Derby think that's not quite the case because you could have somebody on a four-year contract, £10 million, it's two and a half million a year towards your accounts. Mm-hmm. Derby look at it and go, well, actually, if that player starts off really well, they might actually be worth £12 million. And then they have two mediocre seasons, so they drop to six, and it's then at the final season where they lose their value. So they're doing exactly the, it's exactly the same, but it's different amounts are being put towards, towards FFP. And the AFL now decide that they've got a bit of a bugbear with that. But as I said at the beginning of that, when 91 clubs are doing it one way and there's only one that's doing it the other, <laughs> no, no wonder somebody's sniffed around that. Oh, yeah. uh, if, they, if there was a few others doing it, fine, but there, there wasn't. So Derby kind of, kind, they kind of deserve what they're going to get, um, whatever that may well be, because they yeah. have tried um, to, to bend the rules. I, I don't think you can put it any other way. Um, but I do think the AFL are, are, are trying, they're trying a little harder, shall we say, to, yeah. to, to get these sanctions against Derby than they might against some others. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe another thing we could look at moving on from the, uh, the financial side of things. Obviously, Wayne Rooney came in as sort of like a, a player type of thing, and it was quite of a shock to quite a lot of people. And obviously, now he's announced as the manager. When he was announced that he was going to take over as the manager for uh, your uh, old manager, was it Kuko, you said, I think? Mm. Were you, yeah. at the time, obviously now you might feel differently, but at the time, how were you feeling about it? Obviously, with like the large wages that Wayne really is going to take from Derby. Yeah, I, th- I think, to be honest with you, it was all a bit of a PR stunt when he signed as a player. And I think mm. most of us turned around and went, well, he'll, he'll be the next manager. Why, why wouldn't he be? it's not as if football on the field was going fantastic under Koku anyway. So it was always a case of, well, chances are that when Koku gets sacked or decides to walk or, or whatever, there's, there's a ready-made replacement, sort of. I think that, that's, that was the, you know, work, work with Frank Lampard, why wouldn't it work with Wayne Rooney? I can, I can buy all that. I can buy all that. Mm-hmm. My question is, I'd love to know who's actually paying Wayne Rooney's wages because I don't think it's Derby County. Um, because I don't think they could afford to. So, you know, and there, there were people calling for Wayne Rooney's head last season. And I thought, yeah, that, that's just, it's never going to happen if 
what I believe what, and what I think. It's only what I think. I don't know. But what I think is that Derby, as Derby County on the books, Derby County are paying Wayne Rooney will be a fraction of what he's actually earning. Um, why on earth would they get rid of that? Because they're probably not going to be able to be able to bring anybody else in yeah. for that kind of money. Th- that is my honest opinion. That's where I think it is. The fans have got a bit more on board with the fact now that he is going to be here. Doesn't look like we would sack him. If he walks away, he walks away. That's that's a completely different kettle of fish. Every interview, I mean, he, he's had some... Th- there was doubters. There still are doubters. It's, it seems that in the fan base just recently, because of everything that's going off behind the scenes, you know, you can look at it and go, well, like, okay, does he really need to be at Derby at this moment in time? Mm. No. Why is he with us? Well, clearly he wants to be. Great. That, that's, all, you know, that's always a, a great start for, for a fan base. And he is dealing with some crap. There's no doubt about that. You know, the manager comes in, oh, you can't sign this, you can't sign that. His hands are so tied. So he's actually getting a, a bit more respect from the fan base, in my opinion. Uh, some people, again, will still disagree with that, but I think the, I think the majority are starting to warm to him now. Mm. Um, problem is, that's all well and good. It's all about what happens on the pitch. And, you know, there will be, ah, oh, well, Derby are in this situation. So he will get brought. I mean, he lost, I think, was it one win in 15 towards the back end of last season? I mean, that that at any level would be, would be a sacking, surely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see how it wouldn't be. Um, hence why I think I'm not so confident that Derby can sack him. Um, I'm not sure they own the full rights to his contract. So, be interesting. I believe that when he signed he actually signed a, 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 obviously a, a new deal so I don't know if that's been funded by 32 red like his playing one was or the majority of, of that uh, was still sponsored by 32 red so you would presume so um it might be them calling the shots on that really don't know I mean if you've got a sponsor calling the shots over a chairman a, a football club I mean that's a big red erring you know that, that's, yeah. that's just a huge warning sign but there's plenty of warning signs at Derby at the moment. It's so you know you can never know what to believe. Um, I, I'm happy to give him his chance. I, I think everybody has to be given a chance, mm-hmm. and it, you've got to see where it goes from there. Is he able to bring in the players that he wants? Probably not. Um, but on the on the flip side to that, you have many other managers. Um, at, at lower league clubs, other clubs that are just as restricted in terms of finances, not because they can't spend it, probably because they've not got it to spend, yeah. and they manage, you know, that they manage to do to do a good enough job at certain at certain places. So it's one of those. I, obviously, as a, as a fan, I hope I hope for the best. Um, I hope he I hope he really starts to show mm-hmm. what he can do. We don't know how much his hands were tied last year. We kind of know how much that he's tied this year um, in terms of players that he has to play and, and that kind of thing. So it's quite a, it's quite well known what he's got to work with. Um, yeah. So the proof will be in the pudding. I'm happy to give him some time. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, we've got an alert saying there's a small remaining time. So we'll, do a quick version of this next bit of about those two 
uh, attempted takeovers. There was obviously one by one of Sheikh Mansour's cousins, which never went through. And then one by the self-proclaimed boxing world champion, Eric Alonso. Um, in, in a short answer, uh, a couple of words maybe, what were your thoughts when you saw all this rubbish coming out of Eric Alonso, who, for those who didn't know, basically was bankrupt and had his bank account shut by the Spanish authorities? I can give it you in one word, laughable. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a joke of a... There was, I think it was one of those ones that you could see there was no way it was ever going to happen. No, it was, yeah. a, it was a big worry for fans. Um, just the fact that it was being entertained at board level. That, that, was, that was the big worry. And it, again, goes back to something I mentioned earlier. Mel wants out. And mm-hmm. it, yeah. I think he's 100% lost passion for, do, for doing it, unfortunately. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I was glad to see the day that when, when, that, fell, uh, when that one fell through. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for joining us, Jason. It's been great talking to you. And make sure everyone listening that you go and check out the Rams Review podcast. Um, so yes, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, make sure you subscribe to the channel to, to keep up to date with all new episodes. It's goodbye from me and Bobby. That was the final whistle.